Hey, Kevin. Jason, what's going on? Hey, man. Hey, have you heard about this Jamal Bowman guy, this uh, representative uh, in the House of Representatives, what he did over this weekend? I have. I, I, I saw the uh, headline and, you know, <laughs> like this, uh, this is an elected official. This isn't a high school or college student, you know, pulling a prank. Um, <laughs> it's it's crazy to me. It just kind of falls in the line. It, how I think of it is it, it's just kind of another, you know, drop in the bucket of like, I really think elected officials on both sides of the aisle just think they can do whatever they want. And it's crazy. It's not a huge deal. This guy's not out drinking and driving and mowing down a sidewalk of pedestrians or anything, but like who does that? Who does that when they're (laughs) working on a deal to avoid government shutdown (laughs) and you know, it's coming up, if not in the 11th hour and everyone's cramming to try and get the deal done and he goes and pulls the fire alarm. Yeah. So for the people who don't know, uh, this past Saturday, we're recording this on uh, October 1st. So this would be yesterday. Uh, According to the AP, Democratic Rep. Jamal Bowman triggered a fire alarm in one of the U.S. Capitol Office buildings uh, as the House of Representatives was working to pass a bill to fund the government before the shutdown. So when he did this, at the time he did this, Democrats were trying to delay the vote because they wanted the government shut down to make the Republicans look bad uh, so they couldn't get a deal done uh, and blame, blame a shutdown on them. So they wanted to slow, uh, slow this vote down. He goes and pulls an alarm, a fire alarm, uh, to evacuate the building. And then he comes out hours later and said, no, 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 I wasn't trying to do this. So this is paraphrasing clearly, but uh, I wasn't trying to delay. This was just a mistake. I was rushing to actually right. get to vote. Uh, I was trying to, to, to get to the, the House floor to vote. And this door was usually open, but it was closed because it was a weekend. And I, and I thought that this big thing on the wall that said fire uh, was actually something that would open the door. I thought it'd help me open the door, he says. So... Um, yeah, yeah. And so uh, I guess instead of, Hey, were you being, uh, were you being a political hack or are you just stupid? He decided to go with, I'm just stupid. (laughs) Getting that rundown. Doesn't it seem, seem like a scene out of Borat or something? (laughs) Fire, help me open door. We need to, you know, like, come on. You could sit down for another minute or two and think of a better story than that. Um, that's almost more embarrassing. Um, standing behind that's you know that's the hill he's going to die on. That nope, nope. I thought it would. I I wasn't trying to delay. In fact, I was trying to expedite, and I was in such a rush to go and vote because I want to get this deal done. That you know, I'm I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not. A frequent door user. Um, <laughs> buildings a lot, particularly this building. Never, you know, first time been in this building, and I thought this big, probably red and white, <laughs> handle on the wall that says "pull in case of fire" or whatever it says. That I thought that would help me 
get in there quicker. I thought that would help me open the door and, um, sorry, you know, had the opposite of my intended effect. My bad. Yeah. I, now I've, I've, I've heard some, some stories on this. I couldn't confirm it, but, uh, I, I heard, uh, one version of the story that's saying that he's clearly lying because that this particular door is an emergency exit. It is actually not a door that you would normally take. It's an emergency exit only. But uh, wouldn't so you think that this is yeah. an emergency to get this vote in, right? That, that <laughs> added a confusion. It's yeah. an emergency. We have to get this. What does it say? It was, you know, like this is around noon um, on the day where there's a midnight deadline. Excuse me. And he, it's an emergency. So, I mean, yeah. I, he was going, I see the confusion. So, um, <laughs> so the people on the right are pointing out that uh, there's a lot of people in jail for January 6th for charges that include interrupting an official proceeding, which mm-hmm. this action clearly would be. And uh, there's still people rotting in jail over that. Um, and uh, now he's he's just saying, oh, no, I wasn't I wasn't doing that. In fact, I voted for the bill that I was trying to stop, which kind of seems to me, uh, uh, you know, covering your your ass type of type of excuse, but type of. Yeah, vote, you, know. you know what? I I I don't know if before he did this, if he was going to vote for it or against it. But I think after doing this in the fallout, like he painted himself into that corner. Yeah. Like there's no way he could have voted if he if he was intending on voting against it. There's no way he could have been you know saved any face. I mean it would have been mm-hmm. crystal clear that you know there wouldn't be any you know second grader excuse like I didn't know. I'm sorry. This is the first time I've seen a fire alarm. He yeah. it, you know it yeah. he would have nothing to to fall back on. And now yeah. he's. He's actually trying to paint himself the victim. He's claiming that uh, Speaker McCarthy is, quote, trying to weaponize a mistake of me coming, rushing to get to a vote is something nefarious when it wasn't. I know. He's, you know, <laughs> he's the victim. Okay. Yeah. He's the victim. I, I feel for him. <laughs> yeah. Honest mistake. Hey, think about it. How many fire alarms, Jason, have you pulled that you... Uh-huh. You did not mean to pull. Uh, I have pulled a fire alarm before now in my defense. The statute of limitations has passed. This was <laughs> well over 30 years ago. Uh, and I absolutely meant to pull that fire alarm. But there was a fire in a trash can. So, um, and a lot not- of these, don't they have like a plastic case over them? So you got to mm-hmm. open up the plastic case mm-hmm. and pull? I don't know. I don't. It, I've, without seeing a picture of that, who knows, there's always a, you know, the shadow of a doubt, but I think clearly um, his excuse is disingenuous at best, um, a flat out lie um, at worst. And, you know, come on, my four-year-old comes up with better, excuses covering his tracks on that <laughs> totally totally okay well there's this other one too another story uh, this week this past week so now um i like this uh 
I find I don't like it. I find this interesting about Target. Now, Target hey. is going to be closing nine stores, mostly in the West, but I think there's a couple on the East Coast, at least one on the East Coast. It's going to be uh, be closed. They are citing theft and violence at these stores. So, um, yeah, uh, that's that. crazy. I think there's to me multiple levels of i guess this story or how this you know how we came to be in this spot um i think it definitely reaches back to um the whole defund the police when everyone was going crazy during covid um i don't know if these particular cities um although i know that the West Coast in the general area where they, you know, this took place, um, or they're closing stores like San Francisco, Oregon, um, Seattle. A lot of those cities, if they didn't, you know, officially defund the police, that was a, a huge anti-police presence um, in, you know, in their population. Um, and then in California, what is it? They're not even prosecuting. They're not even going after theft um, that's under $900. And I think yeah. this is where a lot of this came from, where you get the flash mobs. Um, they're calling the organized retail crime, um, where people get together. A few of them go into the store or a bunch of them go into the store and just start taking things um, and running out because they can't stop them all. Uh, in a lot of instances, I don't think they're trying to stop any of them. I don't blame them. I mean, if you're just a security guard at a store and you have all these people um, causing chaos, breaking the law, I, I'm not sticking my neck out, you know, to try and yeah. get, you know, make sure Target doesn't lose lose a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars. You know, it's, I don't think it's worth it to the individual doing security there. Um, but it's also... It's crazy. I think that the legislation or the laws that they put in place kind of, you know, allowed for this um, mm -hmm. to formulate and grow to what it is now. And it is unfortunate. Um, but, you know, at the same time, what do you what do you expect if you tell people, um, hey, you're not going to get in trouble. Nothing, absolutely nothing is going to happen to you if you go into a store and steal so long as it's under nine hundred dollars. And I think this is where I say that I think there's multiple levels to this, because if you just think about um, how society is now with the haves and the have nots and how the gap between the middle class or what used to be the middle class and the rich or the wealthy or the upper middle class is just continuing to expand. I'm in Denver. It's crazy. My wife and I were just talking the other day. Um, about a family friend uh, who's has a job going through like tough times, and I'm like, I, I don't know what I would do right now, you know, if we didn't have a house. Like to rent a flat, you know, so one room and a bathroom is two thousand dollars. Whoa, you know, it's a month, a month for rent, and you're not owning anything. Um, you're you're just paying rent. They're building all these, you know apartment complexes all over the place that are tied to the mass transport and you know because they're like hey you can't afford a car 
why don't you live next to the light rail and you know you can go into the city and you know work and then barely have enough to cover rent and food and all that so i mean it's it's crazy and so i think part of it these larger corporations like target or whomever who you know the execs are making hundreds of percent more than you know the average employee and you know they're getting all these huge bonuses and minimum wages barely going up and everything you know i think that's that plays into it too but that being said you know you can't do this yeah. <laughs> go into the store and um and you know maybe this is part of the uh v's vendetta revolution um you know for against all the fat cats but still it's breaking law is breaking the law yeah it looks to me like target's got uh it might be getting oversimplification to say it's just uh violence and theft um although those certainly have to play a large part of this whole thing i would think especially the mm-hmm. the start uh the the stores they've chosen to to close where they are i mean you're looking at uh harlem i was right harlem was one of them um in new york um and then you know portland all these uh woke cities as they call them it's kind of interesting Mm -hmm. today uh but but target itself is kind of you know is this um is this kind of chickens coming home to roost i wonder because they you know they've been known to be uh, in the last couple of years, uh, their own work, woke corporation, um, mm-hmm. and and kind of uh, targeting targeting. See, I'm, I'm trying to avoid saying targeting in Target, <laughs> but <laughs> they've uh, you know they've they've got problems with inventory. People uh, they're trying to get rid of rid of unwanted inventory. But that's happening all across the country. Uh, they're getting mm-hmm. backlash from that uh, the, their pride collection that they they chose to to emphasize um, this past June. Um, they've 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 had that uh, boycott uh, from from that from both sides of the aisle because uh, the <clears throat> conservatives uh, didn't like the the push to uh, push transgenderism on on children, and then when Target backed off of that by moving those displays to the backs of the store. Then they upset the LGBTQ uh, lobby by doing that, and so they boycotted. So they they uh, can't win for losing on that. Um, so mm-hmm. it's uh, but it's it's still interesting that the ones that they've chosen to to close are really the locations that seem to be seeing a huge spike in crime. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, um, I think people have, have got themselves uh, worked up about uh, about the, uh, the the places that, that don't seem to like police and the places that have really done, implemented policies that encourage crime. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the ones. And, and uh, the, the thing, if you, you get mad at Target, uh, the, the, the problem is, um, that when when you allow these these criminals and and you go softer on on this organized crime, um, then the people you're hurting are not just the big corporations. It's, there's people who depend on the jobs there. They're watching yeah. their jobs walk out of the store when people are stealing mm-hmm. like this. 
and and the companies don't want them to get involved. They don't want their employees hurt, so they tell them to stand down, and uh, and um, then then they end up not getting involved. They don't say anything. They don't even report the crimes in these places a lot because they know the police aren't going to do anything. Nothing's going to happen, and then there's their stores close. I just, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. That would be the heartbreaking to me. Luckily, um, I mean, even in, in my small town here in Southern New Mexico, smaller town, um, we're, we're seeing an increase in crime uh, that seems to be going all across the country. Uh, but we're not as bad as, as these other places are yet um, where, where you're seeing them in, in these cities. That's crazy stuff that I, I I'm not even <laughs> wasn't even on my radar before. I heard I think you know if you have a social media account, you've probably come across or you you've likely come across um, these flash mobs and you know people running out of stores. Some some cases even like high end stores on Rodeo Drive um, and you know this organized uh, theft, um, organized retail. Um, crime that they're they're putting together, but did you even see? This is a big thing: people stealing laundry detergent what? and selling it. I'm selling yeah, it. it. It's yeah, it, that's it's apparently a huge thing. Um, a headline just came across my phone a couple of weeks ago that it's now hit Colorado, um, oh, wow. and people are stealing a ton of laundry detergent detergent and then they're going and selling it uh at a lower price and sometimes even the parking lots of the stores that they stole it from <laughs> um, and i'm like okay this is a thing but i you know again it's it, absolutely you know that's that's the one of the effects that you um mentioned that i don't think is even in people's mind that you know you're hurting you're, you're not just hurting target People who rely on Target, who work there, um, that's their income. That's how they support their families. That's uh, how they support themselves. Now, you know, that's shutting down and um, they're going to have to go look for something else. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's why you can't, <laughs> it's why civilized society, we made laws. Um, it's not okay to go and take stuff that's not yours and, um why you get a ticket or you go to jail um and just to say oh well it's below 900 dollars, so we're not going to even bother uh some of these places may not have um the police force to respond to that um they've taken a hit even if they haven't defunded the police um who wants to be a cop nowadays oh man <laughs> you know it takes, it. A, it takes a certain yeah takes a certain person um and unfortunately all the videos you see is i think one type of the people uh, who are drawn towards law enforcement jobs or jobs where they can assert their authority um is people who i for whatever reason get a kick out of it and um maybe that's just their mentality but they do want to enforce authority or dominance over other people. And those aren't the people who are right for the job. But unfortunately, I think this is maybe creating a groundswell and more of these people are going to be, you know, who may be not otherwise qualified to take these jobs. They're going to be getting into these jobs. So I hope we're just not spiraling out of control, but sometimes it's hard to think that we're not. (laughs) 
Well, did you see this other one in, in Las Vegas? These uh, two teens who yeah. uh, killed this uh, bicyclist who actually turned out to be a former chief of police. Uh, mm. But they had, they had stolen a car, went on a crime spree, ran, ran an, uh, actually had hit another bicyclist. Luckily, that guy you know, survived. Went and ran another car off the road. And then got this guy, uh, saw him down the street and ran into the back of him, killed him. And then when police found the two teenagers, uh, one of them uh, named Jesus Ayala told the police officers when he was getting arrested, he said, quote, I'll be out in 30 days, I'll bet you. And they didn't even tell him at the time what they were, they hadn't mentioned, I guess, the bicyclist, but he kind of just blurted it out, knowing that he had hit one, uh, that he had run him over. Mm-hmm. And uh, this comment, I'll be out in 30 days. So it turns out that this, this, uh, this guy's got a long history of juvenile arrests. And... Um, I don't know. To me, it seems that a comment like this, I'll be out in 30 days, that is the result of a student, not a student, a, a uh, kid who has been through the juvenile court system a number of times and has repeated, repeatedly had uh, the opposite of the book thrown at him. They've, they've been clearly they've been way easy on this kid. Until he thinks he can do whatever he wants and get a slap on the wrist, I'll be out. Yeah. And, you know, there was a um, different ending. There was a really, or, or a, not really similar, but a similar incident here in Colorado um, where these high school seniors um, went out with a big landscaping, you know, maybe a little smaller, maybe let's say like uh, grapefruit-sized rocks, and they were throwing it um, through, I believe they're standing on an overpass and throwing them and, and like hitting cars, and one went through a woman's windshield, killed her on impact. She was on, the way that they found out is she was on her phone with somebody, they just heard all this, you know, noise like an accident or whatever, and um went, you know, found out where her phone was and went and found her, called the police. And she had like driven, I think, hundreds of yards into like this empty field, which, you know, worst case scenario, she gets killed because of these idiots throwing that. But, you know, at least, God forbid, she didn't, you know, hit somebody else, kill somebody else, make this way worse than, you know, as horrible as it is now. But, you know, it's, yeah, I wonder, I always wonder when I hear stuff like this, you know, where are the parents um, mm-hmm. and, you know, what happened in this kid's life? I think very rarely you get those rare seeds that are just, you know, born, wired wrong and um, end up being sociopaths or psychopaths. Um, but in, in a lot of these instances, I, I, it's the first thing I think is, you know, what, where, where are the parents? How are these kids raised? How do they get to this, you know, horrible spot where they're doing shit like this? And they, you know, they're just kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. Um, I always think of if you haven't seen it, anyone who may be listening hasn't seen it. I highly recommend The Wire as a series. And one of the seasons that they have in The Wire kind of doesn't kind of it, it 
it follows this, it follows a group of young kids and just what happens individually in their lives, how they end up turning out at the end of the season. This is like middle school kids, I think getting close to high school age, you know, and some, you know, who started off bad, become like the good egg. Some are kind of lost, don't have any parental guidance or otherwise, you know, guidance from adults or friends or support and they end up bad. Um, so it's just kind of, it's, just kind of an interesting cinematic, I guess, take on, you know, how to, you know, people aren't born knuckleheads, taking cars, running over, you know, chief of police, former chiefs of police, or throwing rocks through people's windshields and killing them, you know, something happened along the way. That's, uh, and that being said, now that I'm off my soapbox, this asshole should hopefully be in jail for longer than 30 days. Yeah, I, I think uh, they're both charged with murder. Uh, they're looking at life. So uh, we'll have to see where that one goes. Um, all right. So um, but let me just bring this up, though. Sometimes life is 30 days. You never know what's what the hell. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a morbid comment, but, you know. Yeah. All right, so the last story I have here tonight, I was just uh, we'll, we'll go on something a little less tragic. Uh, it was Colin Kaepernick. Did you hear about this? He uh, yeah. uh, last week, last week, um, Aaron Rodgers went down for the Jets with a season-ending, probably career-ending injury. I would guess uh, mm-hmm. his age is going to be hard to come back from that. But but so yeah. the, the Jets have 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 to go back to. Um, this, I think he's a second year quarterback. And so Colin Kaepernick again, uh, is trying to get himself some attention. He wrote a letter to the jets asking to be, uh, signed to their practice squad. Um, that's all, that's all he wants. Just a, just a shot at the practice squad to help, help the defense, uh, work out, you know, against him so they can have an experienced quarterback. Uh, to to uh, practice against, um, and the funny thing I I find anyway the the whole the ironic I guess part of this is that uh, Colin Kaepernick had uh, done this Netflix uh, special Netflix show where he compared the NFL to slave owners, mm-hmm. and so uh, I guess uh, in in Colin Kaepernick's opinion. Being a slave isn't all that bad if he's if he's looking to go back. Uh, you, you know, here first of all, the Jets have uh, Zach Wilson, um, who right now um, they should be receptive to anybody who is knocking on their door saying, "Hey, you know, I." I'll take a shot, you know, practice squad, you know, I, I don't mind coming up. The thing I never understood, I get how people connected the dots. I've just never felt that those dots should have been automatically connected, per se, is when he knelt down during um, the National Anthem. First, my recollection is, is like, he had been doing it. There's guys who sit on the bench and everything. And he was not sitting out. He was like in the back of the yeah. sidelines doing it, uh, not trying to call attention to himself, but, um, you know, quietly protesting what he wanted to protest. Uh, 
and at first he was just sitting down. Then a guy who, if I'm not mistaken, was a former Navy SEAL, who was either his buddy or otherwise reached out to him, talked to Colin, and there's video of him and this guy on the sideline, and he's like, I'll, I'll do this with you. He's like, I think a more respectful way to do this would be to kneel down. Um, and so he's like, okay, so he did that. Still not like he's not – they don't have everyone lined up, you know, when they're in you know, the national anthem and they're panning across the faces and tears are being shed or people are singing along or whatever. He wasn't there. He was in the back, you know, on the bench or, or close to the bench. Um, and then all of a sudden, the dot that I don't necessarily feel like automatically connects is he's like, well, he's just – disrespecting the military i don't mm -hmm. i never understood how that's a logical jump and that's the only logical conclusion i think at that point in time he had said his intentions um what they were for kneeling down and you know a lot of it, it and I, all of it was pretty much you know he doesn't think uh the united states still treats people of color and particularly black people uh equally or properly and, th and that's why he was kneeling down but it went off on that he's disrespecting the military and i'm mm -hmm. like i didn't know our national anthem was strictly a call to arms and strictly about the military you know i think that you can protest america that's everyone's right who's an american citizen to say hey you know what i'm not not too sure about this or i don't really like this and the way we do things over here and it doesn't need to go to, oh, well, you're just, you know, disrespecting the military or you're disrespecting veterans or whatever. So I always kind of felt a little bit bad. I mean, he's the one, he's, of course, you know, his actions brought this on him. But I'm like, I, I don't get how it went off the rails that way. I don't ever recall him saying, like, you know, I'm doing this because I don't think we should be in Iraq or I don't think we should be in Afghanistan or anything. <laughs> he's like, I, I yeah. think that, you know people of color could be treated better in America yeah. and that's why I'm protesting. So mm -hmm. that's my, that's my tangent for that story. But mm -hmm. my main thing is you have Zach Wilson. Give yeah, Colin so. a shot. Well, Give I, a I shot. Think, yeah. Yeah. You, you think he should get one? You think he should get a shot? You know, I don't know. Here's the thing. Like he, mm -hmm. um, He's older now. Uh, he's, he probably has a little more tread on the tires because he's been out of football for so long, um, mm -hmm. since 2016. Mm -hmm. And it, he, he made it to the quarterback – or to the quarterback – to the Super Bowl as a quarterback. Um, I don't think – you know, he's, he's a guy that could get things done with his arms primarily because he could get things – with his arm because he could get things done with his legs. Um, and you always had to worry about that threat uh, of – if you know, he, he breaks out of the pocket and the play's breaking down, you know, he could scramble, he could find a guy open, or he could just take off for 30 yards. Um, and so I don't, I don't know. I don't know how, how good, and I, I didn't see the Netflix special. I don't know how um, good he's been taking care of his body. I, I, you know, presuming that he has, I don't know that he's been training um, like he's, and maybe he has, you know, like he's going to get back on an NFL team. But what do they got to lose? It's yeah. kind of like <laughs> I, my yeah. team's the Broncos, and we were talking. Uh, it, they finally won one today, um, but at halftime, it definitely looked like it was going the way of the Miami game. 
And I'm like, I think, uh, you know, maybe we should fire the defensive coordinator at halftime. Mm-hmm. And my wife was like, well, who's, do they have someone to take his place? And I'm like, does it matter? <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're not doing well. They're doing just about as bad as you can do. So I, I think anyone can go in there and just do as bad as you can do. Um, and it wouldn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So kind of the same thing. That's my parallel to, um, the Jets quarterback situation right now is you, you have someone who's arguably playing the best, the worst in the league right now. And, you know, it doesn't take much to find another warm body to go in there and play that bad. And maybe you'll get lucky and you'll get a, you know, a few good games yeah. where that are, he lights the world on fire. So this is what I see of Kaepernick is that, um, when being out of the league for seven years, no matter how much you work out, it is not mm-hmm. the same thing as taking snaps on the field. Um, nope. And you can hit by D lineman. You can, right. You can throw at targets all you want. Uh, that might just mean you can hit a target. That doesn't mean that you can read the defense uh, as you're coming up to the line of scrimmage. Uh, it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to uh, recognize the different coverages. It uh, doesn't mean that you're going to actually even be able to. to uh, connect to a receiver when there's, you know, a 250-pound linebacker in your face. So the fact that he's been working out, I mean, might he be physically fit, it doesn't mean he is in football shape. And the other problem, an even bigger problem, is he is clearly has a track record of being a cancer on the team. And, uh, it, you know, you, you get the, the NFL seen a lot of these, these types of players who they, uh, the ones who are amazing, Colin Kaepernick is not amazing. He had one good year. He had one good year under an amazing coach who's a quarterback's coach. And when that coach left, he didn't perform well at all after that time. And so, uh, you've got a guy who's a cancer. And last time he had, uh, the last time a team, was considering him, um, as I recall, this was the, the Ravens were taking a look at him, and he sent his girlfriend out to call the owner a racist while they were considering him. So that tells me that's a guy <laughs> who does not actually want to be in the NFL. He wants his name out there so that he can complain that he's being overlooked because he's made millions of dollars uh, being an activist. So. It, it, it's a lot easier making millions of dollars as an activist than actually going out and getting hit by those linebackers on the field and sure. having to perform. So that, that's where I see Colin Kaepernick. This is just, it's a farce. He doesn't really want to play in the NFL. He wants his name to be discussed every time some position comes up so he can say, see, I'm in shape and they're just not paying attention to me. Sure. Yeah, I see that. Still, though, this is the Jets. <laughs> what what's the worst that could happen <laughs> yeah they can crazy. i mean i i don't nowadays have much room to speak at all because the broncos um have been far from lighting the world on fire i get that and mm-hmm. i accept that but yeah it's 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 the, the jets well they did the, the broncos you know i mean they they've got uh they've they've got the new, well, not new. I mean, they've got uh, the coach who's got the track record 
It's just that nobody sees the genius of starting off the season 0-3. So they did win today. So it's the first game of a 12-game win streak. There you go. There right? you go. I, I like your uh, take on that. I think. I mean, he's lulled, lulled the league into a false sense of security, and they're going to go on a tear. I, I like your thinking on that. Everyone seems to have <laughs> much more optimism than I do. I looked at it as I'm like, hey, at least now we're not going to be 1-16. and 16. Or, or, or oh and seventeen. I mean, the worst we can do is one and sixteen. <laughs> but yeah, it was a, a win is a win is a win, and um, yeah, I, that's a, that's a good point with uh, Colin Kaepernick. This may be a, an attention grab um, to you know put in as your know, hold up as evidence, quote unquote, of you know him getting a a, a bad shake of things and. Um, saying, look, you know, I told them, I told them I, I would love to lead their practice squad. Um, (laughs) they had no interest. So they just, everyone's just against me. If it's that easy, I'll write a letter, you know, offer myself up as a potential practice squad. I, I can do practice squad all day. I will be a guard (laughs) tackle. Um, I will guard the water bottles and tackle anyone who tries to get them. (laughs) All right, Kevin, I think uh, that's it for tonight. The only one thing I have to say to Colin Kaepernick, knock it off. 